So I went to this traditional Hindu wedding last week. Okay. Um, for my friend uh, Sindhu, S.J. Sindhu, author of Marriage of a Thousand Lies. Um, and she is Sri Lankan, and she asked the guests in attendance to embrace that culture okay. for, for the weekend. Um, which is to say, she told us, don't worry your nice liberal heads about cultural appropriation. <laughs> Please dress in Indian attire. Okay. I am asking you to. Okay. Like, I, I would love that. Okay. I encourage that. You are participating in my culture with me. And we were like, okay, cool. That's fun. Yeah. And fun that she knew all of exactly. you. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> she knew um, to, like, say, she was this like, is okay, guys. This is okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we, are, we are asking you to do this. Um, it's not a costume. You are, you are right. coming to our wedding. Um, and so we did, um, a lot of us from Florida state, um, drove down there and had our traditional clothing. And so it was a lot of my friends in, uh, saris and in like a lehenga kameez, um, all, all these things that I, that I learned about. Okay. Um, and I was in what's called a kurtit pajama set. Did you know that the English word pajama comes from this other word? Pajama. I did. That is just a kind of pants. But that kind of makes sense to me. Right. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. because those pants look so soft. Oh, they're so Are soft. They? Yeah. <laughs> and so, I ordered these clothes, and it was a whole, it was a whole ordeal. I'm sure. Getting You're also these clothes. Very tall. Uh, yes, I am very tall. And so is your girlfriend. Yes, she is. Um, we are we are enormous people, um, but. We waited a little bit too long to order, okay. and I kept thinking about it. And for three weeks, I was like, we have to do this today. Gosh, don't you hate when you do that? And then I forgot. And I was yeah. like, no, 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 we have to do this today. And then I forgot until finally it was like 10 Uh-oh. days before the wedding. Yeah. And I was like, I need to go on this website that Sindhu, Sindhu sent me. I need to find these clothes. I need to find something that will ship tomorrow. Mm-hmm. For myself, I found something that I liked mm-hmm. that was what I thought was like fairly reasonably priced that I could get in three days. And I was like, okay, cool, whatever. And then I found something for Kelsey too. And it all worked out eventually. (laughs) Um, But I went to put it on in the morning before the wedding. And I was going to put the pants on to see which parts of them that I needed to steam or iron to get the crease out. Oh, you're so responsible. Yeah. Um, But then when I put them on, over the gym shorts that I was wearing, I forgot that that's what I was doing and did something else. And so I went the whole day not realizing that I was wearing gym shorts. Like you went to the wedding? (laughs) I went to the wedding. I went to the reception. I got back to the hotel and went to change and saw that I was still wearing... Went to take off your pants and realize you had on two pairs? <laughs> yep. Went to take <laughs> off my pants and realize that I was already wearing pants underneath my pants. <laughs> because I was not paying attention when I got dressed. Because you're Chris Jensen. Because I'm me and I'm very easily distracted. Welcome to episode 145 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. My name is Chris Jensen, and I look very good in a crypta. And I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. November is an interesting time Ooh, in retail. It is. Um, because it's it's the, the real last 
last March toward Christmas. We need you guys to buy things. And we really need you guys to just come in and buy some stuff. Yeah, that's pretty much what the last two months of the year is about. Now, look, uh, as a person, Mm -hmm. I am very concerned with the true meaning of the holiday season. And I want to make sure that I fill my home and my store with moments of gratitude. Um, And community. And community. And togetherness. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, But... The saying or the the statistic that is most small businesses do most of their business in the last three months of the year is true. It's completely accurate. And one of those months is done. October's done. It's in the books. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, we're now mid-November and need we are ready yeah. to see people in the store. And so we all know that the week of Thanksgiving has become this consumerist nightmare nihilism right. holiday. Um that we call Black Friday. Yeah, and look, uh, if you're Patagonia or whatever, uh, you don't have to open on Black Friday. And mm-hmm. good for you, and I think that's amazing. That's really cool. I have to be open yes. on Black Friday. It would be terrible for my business to not be open on Black Friday. And I think I've worked the last two of them. Have you? Yeah. I can't remember. I know me and Ashley always do. but um, So whatever. It's Black Friday, or it will be Black Friday in a couple of weeks. And I guess I just want consumers to know... It's okay to shop locally on Black Friday. It really is. And we would so appreciate your business. And we always have a fun, like, discount drawing yes. on Black Friday. We do draw for a discount. If you spend $100, you get tote, a tote bag, like that like, kind of thing. We do some fun we deals. We do fun stuff. And then, of course, that leads us to... What Small is, Business Saturday. Yeah, which is perhaps one of our biggest days of the yeah, year. It's a great day. It's I love so Small Business Saturday. I'm honestly sad I'm going to miss it this I know, year. No, it's going to be weird. Because <laughs> it's a fun day. It's a really fun day. And so this is my formal plug. Look, if you live far away, shop your local small businesses. Please do. This isn't just a plug for us. But I did want, for those of you who are local or within driving distance, I wanted listeners to know kind of what's going on at the bookshelf on Small Business Saturday because mm-hmm. we always try to do fun things. Yeah. So normally, as a bookstore, we try to have authors come and act as booksellers. Well, you can imagine that the Saturday after Thanksgiving is a hard time. It's not a great time. It's not a great time to get authors to drive Mm -mm. to your tiny little town and act as a bookseller. So we decided to get creative. And this Small Business Saturday, we are devoting to other small businesses we love. So throughout the day, we are hosting pop-up shops at the bookshelf for other local businesses, whether it's Pen and Paint. Mm -hmm. Lindsay Hopkins of Pen and Paint is coming to do a pop-up shop. A new chapter art uh, is Dana Derwin. She's a local artist who makes ornaments out of book pages. They're really beautiful. Um, We also are doing a pop-up shop with Your Maker. Mm -hmm. So Emily McKenna, a familiar voice to the podcast, has this kind of kids maker studio. Mm -hmm. And those kids are going to sell the products they make at the bookshop. Oh, that's so great. It's going to be adorable they have been working hard like she is having special classes for them to make products to sell at the bookshelf on small business saturday my heart grew three sizes that day right it's so cute and then we're also having an 11 year old local author who has published a book signed copies of her book i know that's super cute so all during the day we're having these great pop-up shops and just it's supposed to just be this really fun celebration of small businesses and then to close it all Le off. Le de Résistance. Oh, that's so fancy. Uh, drum roll, please, is what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, we are hosting Jamie Golden of, of the Popcast. Pop I know. That's cool. It's really cool. So if you have been listening to us for any length of time, you know that I'm a big fan of the Popcast, and it's just this really great pop culture podcast. Jamie is being gracious enough to come down to the bookshelf. We're going to do a live podcast recording, um, books in pop culture. Mm -hmm. We are selling tickets on our website to attend that event. And we're kind of pairing it with not only do you get the live podcast recording, but you can stick around for a trivia night, uh, featuring me and Jamie. That's going to be fun. And we'll have teams pop and compete in our knowledge of pop culture. All of which is to say, if you live kind of nearby, or if you've been contemplating a trip to Thomasville, Saturday, November, November 25th. 25th, is going to be a really good time Gosh, to make that trip. It's going to be so fun. And I know it's Thanksgiving weekend, but right. my thought is maybe you're already on the road. Right. Maybe you're already traveling back or to or from somewhere. Uh, or maybe you need something to do with your family. Mm -hmm. And I would just encourage you, of course, if you are one of our loyal listeners in California, look, just support your local small businesses. Do whatever you can to support them. But you're with if if you are within driving distance to the bookshelf, we would love to have we you. We would love to see you. I think it's going to be a really fun day. Um, and our listeners are so supportive long distance mm -hmm. that I just thought, well, Small Business Saturday would be a neat day to see some of them in person. So if you live close by... We'd love to see you. Please come see us, although I won't be there. So please you, come see Annie. Yeah, Chris won't be here. But um, come see me. And you can find all the information about this event uh, on our store website. Chris will put links. Mm -hmm. Although if you happen to be in Orlando that day, uh, let me know. because <laughs> that's, that's where I'm going to be. <laughs> um, so this week we decided to take a different kind of approach to how we recommend books. And I think this is a really fun idea. I hope I did it right. I'm sure you did. Um, okay. Generated by Kelsey. Okay. And it is Take a Classic. Mm-hmm. Classic that everybody's read. Classic that everybody's at least familiar with. Okay. And then recommend a contemporary book for fans of that classic. Okay. I'm calling it mm, New Books for Old Souls. Oh, that's, that's lovely. Thank you. <laughs> I spent a lot of time on that. <laughs> All right. Um, Give us an example. And so the example that we originally came up with was, if you're a fan of To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee, and who isn't? Who isn't? Who isn't? Did you, you, did you see that news about To Kill a Mockingbird a few weeks ago? No. Did you see that some schools in Mississippi banned it? Yes. Okay, I did see that. <laughs> Sorry. And I, I was to... like, it's always ridiculous. Right? No. Okay, moving on. Um, but if you're a fan of that book, and you would like a book that is kind of in that vein, but something recent, right. then you might enjoy Rabbit Cake by Annie Hartnett. Right. Um, That's a good comp. Right? Um, yeah. They have very similar protagonists. Yeah. The voice is very similar, and they deal with different issues, but yes. they feel like 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 they could be sisters. I was going to say cousins. Yeah. These, yeah. these books are related. These books are kissing cousins. Ooh. Sorry. I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I just heard it. I don't know what it means. I had a cousin who said that about himself and our second cousin and it was a weird thing i don't act i'm sorry i don't actually know what kissing cousins mean so i just like to take a step back and say that i'm not sure what that means and if it's something incestuous yeah i, I retract it yeah <laughs> I, I i'm also not sure so i'm just gonna move on these books are cousins the, the, these books are related somehow <laughs> um and so i think both of us are well read enough in contemporary and classics i hope i i think <laughs> we'll find um, out that we can we can try to make some recommendations. Okay. Um, and I think these also work in reverse. If you've read some of these contemporary ones, yes. 
and you like the thing that we're recommending, and you haven't read the classic... Time to revisit the classic. Time to revisit the classic, because it's probably pretty good. Yeah. And so, that was my first example, and I only was able to come up with four of these, but maybe I'll think of another one as I go. you probably will. Um, What do you have for us? Okay, so one of mine is 100 Years of Solitude, Mm -hmm. which I adored when I was in high school. Uh, no, in college. I, and I had a terrible professor who taught it to me, so I went to another professor to <laughs> to, to get the down low on this mm-hmm. book because it's so good. Uh, um, 100 Years of Solitude, if you liked that and read it, I think you would like Stay With Me, which is a book I read recently. Mm-hmm. Tell me about Stay With Me. So Stay With Me, I think I talked about it on the podcast a few weeks ago. It is a Nigerian, or a book written by a Nigerian author um, about this young married couple who has kind of vowed that they will not participate in polygamy. Right, yes. Okay, and then because she cannot get pregnant, he takes another wife. Mm -hmm. And she becomes very upset because they kind of promised each other that despite cultural pressures, they will not be polygamous. Mm -hmm. And he takes another wife. She gets furious. um, They still have trouble having children. And he says it's because he's he's really not sleeping with this other wife. He Mm -hmm. just has kind of taken her on. Um, So it's really this interesting look at family, which I think is what 100 Years of Solitude really, it's, I mean, I think one of the daunting things about that book is the family tree is so massive. Um, But I, I loved Stay With Me because it's about more than infertility or marriage. It's, it's about cultural Mm -hmm. culture and combating things that your culture sees as normal and, I don't know. I I thoroughly enjoyed Stay With Me. And not enough people, I thought, really talked about it when it right. came out. And um, it's still very recent. It's really new. Um, but um, you're right. I don't think there's been a ton of buzz. No, and I don't know why. It was really beautifully written, gorgeous cover, um, powerful stories. Like, it had all the things that I feel like a contemporary novel really mm-hmm. needs right now. Um, but it didn't, it didn't generate the buzz that... Um, like homegoing. Homegoing or mm-hmm. something like that got. So that's why instead of homegoing or something like that, mm-hmm. I decided to do Stay With Me because it's a quieter book. Excellent. Um, the next one I came up with is for fans of The Adventures of Huckle- Huckleberry Finn. Okay. Which is, I think, a lot of people. Yeah, people like, do love that. I talk about this. I, I feel like this comes up whenever we talk about classics, but it's not an underrated book by any means, but it also feels like we don't talk about it so freely maybe as we used to correct i think because there is controversy around it yeah and i think very well sure like good criticism yeah. right um yeah, it's sure. it is very much a 19th century novel but i think in its context it is it is attempting to be progressive yes. for its time right and i think it's still a very good book yeah um i really love huck finn i sat in on a book club Re, uh, mm-hmm. I say recently, within the last year. I remember that. And Jim Hughes like mm-hmm. read parts of it out loud, which I don't know if anybody listening to this is local, but like Jim Hughes has this really fantastic voice. He weirdly used to be a football coach here uh-huh. in town. Um, he, and, but I didn't know how, until I worked here, like how well read right. he is. And anyway, he read it out loud and I just could have sat and listened yeah, to I him believe that. I totally long. believe that. Anyway. And so for fans of that, I thought I might recommend... Um, the Absolutely True Diary of a Part-Time Indian oh, by Sherman Alexie. Okay, yeah. yeah. Have you read that one? I haven't read that one. Okay. I need to. So it's technically YA. Yeah. Um, it's easy to read, but Sherman Alexie, I think, is one of the most important voices in contemporary fiction. Yeah. Um, he is a Native American writer. Um, I was exposed to him through the Learner's Tonto Fistfight in Heaven, which is one of his... It's kind of a novel, and it's kind of a short story collection. It's like somewhere in between okay. novel in stories, where the stories are 
about unrelated characters, but sometimes overlap. Okay. And you get kind of a full story by reading it. Do you have um, to read him in school? I read him my freshman year of college. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but Absolutely True Diary is about this cartoonist who's kind of bucking the pressure of his of his own um, community. Okay. Um, and kind of rebelling against um, the cultural norms of, of where he's been brought up. Um, and I think much like Huck Finn, it takes on a lot of the... Um, racial problems in America. I mean, there's a very obviously violent history mm-hmm. um, between European settlers and the native peoples of the of the continent. And this book is not shy about that okay. um, in, a, in a very refreshing way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's it's a perfect companion to Huck Finn. Yeah, that's of a, a good one. Of a young protagonist kind of dealing with race in America. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Okay, my next one is, I think, something I've kind of referenced before, but Little Women, Mm -hmm. which is just one of those books, very few books that I have reread, that is just um, a classic, I feel like, especially is worth reading this time of year. For sure. Um, So if you have read and loved Little Women, then I do think it's time for you to try My Brilliant Friend by Elena Fogarty. Ah, okay, yeah, that's an interesting comparison. Yeah. I see it. So the first in the Neapolitan novels is My Brilliant Friend, and what I loved about it but I didn't really know was that it starts, this whole series or, you know, series of novels is about um, a young friendship. And so My Brilliant Friend covers them as children. And... And to me, that's what some of the best literature I loved as a kid does, is it grows up with you. So um, in Anne of Green Gables, you get to grow up with Anne Shirley, and you watch her through that series of Mm -hmm. books become an adult. Um, With Little Women, you kind of get to do the same thing in one book. You get to watch them grow. Um, Some other Louise May Alcott books do that, the um, two novels, Eight Cousins and then Rose in Bloom. You get to Uh watch these characters grow. Betsy, Tacey, and Tib, like, books don't do that anymore, really. My Brilliant Friend does. Yeah. So, My Brilliant Friend is the first of, I believe, four Four. Neapolitan novels. I want to say four. I think it's four. Right? I think it's four. I think so, too. (laughs) Because I think I've read two. Or, I think I've read two. You've read two. Um, I know that much. Yeah. I know that much. Okay, I think I've read two, and there are four. So, anyway, the first of the Neapolitan novels covers the friendship between these two young Mm -hmm. girls as children, and it kind of watches them grow through high school. There is even a reference in, like, the first few chapters of my brilliant friend two little women okay and um when that when she mentions that book i immediately thought that's what i'm reading right now like it feels that's like great. um a throwback i guess to those classic books that i loved as a mm-hmm. kid and many listeners to the podcast have like written me and commented that the reason they love the Neapolitan novels is because they're slower paced. Mm-hmm. They read like classic mm-hmm. literature. Um, and I think if you read and loved Little Women, I think this would be a perfect season to pick up um, My Brilliant Friend. That's excellent. Um, I like that a lot. Um, kind of on a, a different wavelength classic, Catcher in the Rye. Oh, okay. I want to know what your comment yeah. is. Yeah, um, and it's a really obvious one, I think. Okay. Um, it's I... Perks of Being a Wallflower. Oh, yeah. Right? Yes. Um, but they make sense together. They totally um, do. And it's one of those, like, I feel like if you've read one, you've probably read the other. Yeah. Because you are probably already the kind of reader who was drawn to that kind of book. But maybe not. But maybe not. Because I didn't read Perks until I was much older. Oh, same. I mean, and I didn't read Catcher until I was 20. Okay. I don't think I read Perks until I was 25 or 26. Okay. So, like... I came to those books late yeah. and appreciated them in probably a different way than their intended audience. Okay. Um, but I love Catcher mm-hmm. so much. I know we've talked about it to death, I'm sure. Um, but I just, 
I'm so compelled by that book because I just feel so sorry for Holden. Yeah, and I know people kind of act like once you're in adulthood, that book loses its magic. And I totally disagree. I do not think so. And I just read, in fact, I wish you would link to it in the show notes. I just read this really lovely piece by Ann Patchett mm-hmm. about she went back and reread Franny and Zoe, mm-hmm. and then she went back mm-hmm. and reread Catcher for the first time since she was a high school student. And she talks about the value of reading those as an adult. Mm-hmm. Not reading them like, oh, Holden, what a idiot. He right. didn't know what he was talking about. No. no. Like, you feel his angst, mm-hmm. and as an adult, you get to see where that angst comes from. Exactly. So, anyway. You can understand it on a different level. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's some dark stuff that yes. happens to Holden. And what I always bring up is that nobody remembers that his brother died. That's what Ann Pat... <laughs> you've got to read this story by um, Ann yeah, I'll send it to you. Please send it to me, and I will definitely link it in the show notes, because that is a grief novel. She, yeah. She talks about that at length. Good. Okay. Don't let me down, Ann Patchett. Thank you. <laughs> That's super great. But then Perks is another good, more modern story about angst. Yeah. About how growing up is hard. Yeah. Um, and these are both Holden Caulfield and, oh, who's the main character of Perks? I don't remember. Sorry. Um, whoops. Um, these are both characters who do come from a fairly privileged background on some level. Yeah. And we do need to take that for what it is. Sure. But that's not to say that they don't experience hardship. I was about to say, that doesn't diminish. They, because they both have, have issues of mental health. Yeah. Um, which is apparent when you read both both texts. And I think there are important meditations on that. I think they're important for young people to read um, to, to let people know that, like, hey, not everybody is the same. Like, mm-hmm. it is okay if you feel different or if you feel like things are difficult and you can go to people and get help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't well, be afraid to good. reach out. That's good. Yeah. Um, okay, I've got a few, so I'm trying to figure out what I want to do. Yeah, do, do two of them. Okay, so first, look, and I'm going to, here's a disclosure, Dis, disclosure, Dis, Dis, disclaimer. disclaimer, here's a disclaimer. I've never read The Giver. Okay. And I'm sorry about that. I'm not, I don't think I have either. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay, because I felt like that was a big bookseller confession. I'm sorry. I, I never read The Giver. I'm sorry, too, because, like, I'm a, I'm a sci-fi and dystopia fan, yeah, and I've I'm never read it. I'm shocked you've never read it. Ooh. But I've never read it. I'm sorry. But my friends, when I was younger, read it and loved it. So I do know what it's about. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and I think if you read The Giver, then you would love Element OP. Yeah. Um, I think that and look full disclosure the reason that i came up with this pairing is because we have a 12 13 year old girl who blogs for us her book reviews of some advanced reader copies Mm -hmm. and she's got one coming out maybe you can link to it in the show notes as well she's got a review coming out about a book that sounds like element op where the letters start disappearing Mm -hmm. like the government starts taking away Mm -hmm. letters that sounds a lot like which yes but it's a middle grade YA novel and there are some other things in there that maybe make it a little more a little more dystopian I think than Element OP really Mm -hmm. is um but in her review, she was like, oh, I loved The Giver, and this felt like that. And I was like, well, oh. if you loved The Giver, then you would love Element OP. So in Element OP, it's this colony kind of off the coast of South Carolina, and letters start disappearing. So and in the book, the letters start right. disappearing. Like within the story, letters disappear from from the world that the characters are living in. But when that happens, they also disappear in the book that you, the reader, are reading. Which I cannot get over. Yeah. I thought that was, like, kind of gimmicky and probably would result in a poorly written book. No. But no. No. I'm actually writing a paper on something very similar. God, I cannot believe the effort that it would take. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine to, like, 
try to write yeah. down without using the letter E or whatever mm. it is. So anyway, Element OP, if you haven't read it, and it gives me an excuse to read The Giver because I loved, so I'm maybe going to do the reverse, right? Like sure, yeah. I read Element OP oh, and maybe great. now I'll read The Giver. But those two are kind of obvious and then, or maybe not obvious, but com- comparison. These are obvious. I think if you read In Cold Blood, you really need to read American Fire yeah, that came out this comp. year. And I, that's another book alongside Stay With Me that I just felt like did not get the attention it deserved. Yeah. And I think that's because we're living in a world where the popular nonfiction of the year is, is political. Is political. Yeah. And that's just what it is. Yeah. Um, American Fire has some political undertones in the way, in a quieter way, perhaps than Hillbilly Elegy has mm-hmm. political undertones. Um, but it is mostly kind of this true crime, but also really well-written, well-thought-out um, narrative about a small rural Virginia town where all of these um, arsons keep happening. Right. I raved about it when I first... Mm-hmm. I think I read it You read last it way January. in advance. Yeah. yeah. And it came out in July. I love In Cold Blood, but when I read American Fire, I immediately thought, oh, if you like In Cold Blood, you need to read American yeah. Fire. No, I think that's a great comp. So that's one. Um, my last one that I came up with is if you're a fan of The Great Gatsby. Okay. As I am. Yes. Um, The Great Gatsby to this day still is one of my favorite books, if not my favorite book. I love The Great Gatsby. Um, but The Great Gatsby is a very layered and nuanced story, which is why it's so enduring, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's a story about disenchantment. It's a story about the American dream. And it's also a story about obsessive love. Yes. And... Everybody's disenchanted by the end of that novel, yes. right? Like, everybody knows that your obsessions are usually not yeah. great and, yeah. and lead to bad I was about places. to say, usually lead to dark consequences. Um, and so my comp there um, is actually a graphic novel. Oh. Um, it's a, a big one, a big, thick one that is totally worth reading. Blankets by Craig Thompson. You've told me about this I so have. many times. And I told our old employee Rebecca about it and she went She like read it one in one She did. Sitting and here. it's a big book. Yeah, it's a big. Um and I don't know how long it took her but she read it in one sitting. She yeah. couldn't put it down. Yeah. It is that kind of book. Okay. Um it's very good. Um and it is about obsessive love and it's about these um Christian conservative Christian teenagers grappling with like sex Mm -hmm. in their in their young relationship um it's a compelling story and it deals with everything in such a an interesting and nuanced and fair and beautiful way um it's got theology it's got love it's got personality and just deals with everything in a refreshing honest way that i feel like we don't get to talk about so much. No, because we talk about it in stereotypes. We talk about it in stereotypes and this deals with on a very personal nuanced level. Okay. And so I'm taking just one aspect of Gatsby, Mm -hmm. um, the obsessiveness of it, but like the intrusive thoughts of the, of the main characters, um, and the way that their story kind of resolves and, and twists around, um, is, is reminiscent of, of Gatsby and Daisy in some ways. Did you ever read Crazy Rich Asians? No, I didn't. I started it, and people love that book, and I I don't know if I met it at the wrong time, mm-hmm. but I couldn't really get into it. But I've heard that compared, not compared to The Great Gatsby in terms of, this is also classic literature, mm-hmm. but just, like, yeah. kind of some of the same themes. Yeah, kind of the, the themes of, like, the perversions of the rich, yes, right? Yes, yes. Um, like, this, this, 
this excess yeah. that exists when everybody else is poor. Yeah. Um, yeah. Blankets is not about that. Yeah. Um, but that but is you, another, yeah. Yeah, but you've just taken one of the, One aspect. Yeah. Let's take another aspect. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's what's so good about Gatsby. I was going to say that's what's good about classic novels. That it has so much going yeah. on. You can comp it to almost anything, really. I, I honestly think that's true. Yeah. I think almost every book written after The Great Gatsby is a comp for The Great Gatsby. Oh, that's deep. Yeah. You could write a dissertation on that. I thought about it. Okay, I've got two last ones. Perfect. If you like the joy of cooking. Sure, don't we all? Uh, I think you would love Delancey. Yeah, you've talked about that one before. God, it's been years, mm-hmm. but I loved this memoir. So I have talked about A Homemade Life by Wa- Molly Weisenberg. This is another one by her. Um, it was about the kind of quest of her and her husband to open their own restaurant out in Washington, I yeah. believe. Um, I remember reading this and thinking... Yes, this is what it is like to run and own a business. And I know that I don't fully understand what it's like to run and own a business. I certainly don't know what it's like to run and own a restaurant. But I think this book is fantastic because it's talking about a woman who is trying to, you know, reach her goals and fulfill her dreams. But it's also just hard work. And I feel like if you have seen Julie and Julia, if you read that book, then you know, and if you know, if you're familiar with the story of Julia Child, you know that she put a lot of effort into... Mastering the art of French cooking. Yes. So, anyway, those are mine. I like that. Okay, and then the last one I've got is A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. Yeah. Which I did not read until I was an adult, mm-hmm. so it is not too late if you have not read this. Um, A Tree Grows in Brooklyn, um, I am comping that to The Boston Girl. The Boston Girl is... Written by hmm, Anita. Now I cannot remember her last name. I'll have it in the show notes. Thanks. Um, she wrote The Red Tent, which I adored. Um, the Boston Girl is very different from that, but it's basically an older woman looking back on her life as a young woman in Boston, Massachusetts. I almost said Boston, Georgia, because that's how that long I've lived an, here now. That is another place <laughs> um, that is near where we live. But if A Tree Grows in Brooklyn is a beautiful look at a young girl growing up in Brooklyn, New York, and then The Boston Girl is about a young girl growing up in Boston, Massachusetts. I thought these novels immediately um, kind of reflect one another. That's great. Yeah. So those are those are some good books. And I tried to pick, I feel like I'm always referencing the same books all the time. Yep. So I tried to go different. I tried to think outside my box. You always think outside the box, but well, I tried harder. <laughs> I tried harder than usual I'm today. glad. And I, <clears throat> I think we came up with some, some good comps there. Yeah. And I, I think if people have their own comps, they should let you know. I would love to hear more of these. If yeah. you if you have been inspired um, by this episode and want to send me some stuff, we will maybe post those yeah. on our social media yeah. of some of your some of your picks. So, what are your pairings of a classic and a maybe a new classic, a contemporary fiction that yeah. has yet to become? What are classic? your kissing cousin novels? Oh, sorry, just thought I'd do it one more time. From the front 
Porch is a production of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in Thomasville, Georgia. It is produced by me, Annie Jones, and Chris Jensen, and edited by Chris Jensen. If you are interested in purchasing any of the books we've talked about on this episode, you can do so at www.bookshelfthomasville.com forward slash shop. Thank you, as always, to Forlorn Strangers for the use of our theme music. It's called Bottom of the Barrel, and it's from their album, Forlorn Strangers. You can learn more at forlornstrangers.com. And if you would like to support From the Front Porch on Patreon and gain access to exclusive bonus content like a weekly newsletter and a secret monthly podcast that we're about to record, um, you can check us out on patreon.com slash fromthefrontporch. You can also check out our website at fromthefrontporchpodcast.com for web-only content and a full-back catalog of our show with detailed show notes and links to further reading. This week in the bookshelf, a funny thing happened. I went to Halloween. Mm -hmm. This was a few weeks ago, but I went to Halloween at the dog park. Okay. And there's a lot I could say about that event, but basically children came to me one at a time to be read to in a storytime booth. Oh, goodness. I read to a total of three children, Okay. but really what topped it all off, the cherry on top, was this woman who brought me her dog, and I said, oh, I'm the story lady this weekend, like, I'm just reading books today, and she said, I know. I said, do you want me to read to your dog? And she said, yes. And I said, okay. Oh, my. So I read a children's book out loud to to a a dog. dog. Only you've heard me do story time. I'm fairly interactive. Yep. So look at the front of my book. Can you oh, see what's on the front of my, my book? Oh my goodness. Only I'm doing it with a dog. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week.